Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Daniel Day. I am your host, and I am joined with Pastor Mark Sowersby. Mark, welcome to the program. It's such a pleasure to have you, sir. Thank you for having me today. It's an honor. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, before we get into our discussion today, would you do me a favor, please, and open us up in prayer and ask God's blessing over our time together? It'd be a privilege. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you today and we thank you again for your goodness and your grace in our lives. We thank you for your love and your mercy, Lord God. And Father, we come to you and we ask you to go before us. Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us today. Give us a heart to receive what the Spirit is doing. And Lord, may we be about our Father's business and put our hands to this plow. So I pray today that this message, this conversation, this podcast will reach many for your glory. So bless us as we lift up your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, friends, listen, we have such a special conversation planned for you right now. And let me tell you where we're heading with this. Uh, Pastor Mark's testimony, as outlined in his latest book, Forgiving the Nightmare, is all about how Jesus and the power of God came into Mark's life and delivered him from the scars of abuse And as we get into our conversation today, you're going to discover that Mark's story is tremendous. Uh, And really, it's a story that so many people need to hear. uh, As we know that there are many forms of abuse that people have gone through, and uh, maybe they just haven't had the courage to talk about it. Well, this conversation is something that might bring liberty to those situations. And so we want you to share this video right now to friends and family. And by the way, you may not even know uh, who that might be that is going through certain circumstances that needs to hear this conversation. So share it with as many people as you can uh, so that we can bring this story of the goodness of God and the power of the gospel to so many people. So like this video, heart the video, share the video, subscribe to the Daniel Day podcast, uh, whether that's on YouTube or iTunes or some other place, and pass this along to as many folks as you can. Amen. Mark, again, welcome to the program. Wow, what an honor to have you, sir. Again, it's an honor for me to be here. I have been a longtime fan of the podcast. I've been enjoyed your your perspective, your ministry, your heart, your passion. So first time guest, but long time listener, as they say, or watcher, or viewer. Yeah. So you, you give good content, you surround it and wrap it in scripture. It's a blessing and it's an honor to, again, to be with you, brother, to share the goodness of Jesus Christ. And thank you for the opportunity for me to be able to share about my testimony for giving the nightmare. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's my honor, my pleasure and privilege to do what I can to bring this story to a few more people. Uh, Just by way of introduction, Mark, uh, to our listeners, this might be uh, the first time they are meeting you. Uh, And so I want to introduce you. Pastor Mark is a veteran pastor, minister, been in the game for well over 25 years. He and his dear wife, Jennifer, been married for over 18 years. They are the parents of four children. Uh, And even though Mark is in his 50s, uh, he's still got young kids in the house. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, You're still chugging back the coffee to stay awake. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm speaking truth right now. Amen. 
Um, Pastor Mark and Jennifer, they pastor a church named Calvary Community Church. It's up in central Massachusetts. Um, and that is not an easy area of the country to minister. Uh, and I mean, obviously, ministry is difficult enough, but there are particular contexts uh, that present unique challenges. And Massachusetts happens to be one of those mission fields in America. And so I commend you, sir, for the years of ministry uh, uh, and what you're doing up there is tremendous. And uh, just congratulations on the book. How does it feel to get it done? It's, it's a it's a miracle. It's such a just a it's amazing what God can do with a yes. You know, it's amazing when you just say, yes, Lord, I'll walk in the call you gave me when it's frightening, when it's hard, when it's difficult, when you don't know which way is up, you're just holding on to Jesus. And that's what this book's about. You know, Daniel, I'm a dyslexic. I, I was the guy on the small bus. I was a special ed student. Education, academia was a mountain to me. I did it because God told me to. Nothing, I, to be honest, I didn't enjoy it. It was a discipline. Uh, then years later in my life, in my, you know, upon my 50 year birthday, 49th, 50 year birthday, my mom passed away and God just said, it's time to write down your story, put it in a book. And I said, Lord, how do I do it? He put people, my wife, friends, colleagues came beside me. So I wrote the book, but I stand on shoulders to others to bring it to you today. So it's, yeah. it's a, it's a blessing of God's mercy and grace and obedience. And I've been practicing today not to use my Boston accent. Because I want to say ka and haba and daughter, but I'm not going today. Okay, I'm going to try to speak without my Boston accent. Well, I would be fine with that. And, and how about this? I'm from Tennessee, so I'll just do my Southern twang, and uh, and you can do your Boston Harvard yod, whatever it is, pak the ka. Then I'll tell you this, Daniel, it's wicked awesome being on your show today. It's wicked, wicked awesome. awesome. <laughs> wicked awesome, man. <laughs> All right. That's good. That's good. Listen, um, firstly, uh, it takes a lot of courage uh, to write a book like this, to put something in print, to talk about your story and your journey. Uh, so I commend you on that. There are so many people who need to read this book and hear your testimony. And so thank you for writing it, because I believe it's going to set at liberty countless people, even more people than you hope, um, it's going to get into the hands of people at just the right time in just the right moment so that they can have liberty to share their stories and journeys and hopefully gain freedom like you have. And so why don't we do this? Let's just dive in. Give us a few minutes of your overall journey. Uh, and then as you begin to speak, and uh, we may begin to drill a little deeper into particular subjects as you talk. But why don't you just give us a brief synopsis of the journey and uh, what God did to lead you to come public with some of these things? Well, I call the book Forgive the Nightmare. That's what I've titled my testimony. It's what the Lord put in my heart to speak out. And I believe everybody has a nightmare. My nightmare was child abuse. From the time I was seven to I was 14, my mother's husband, who was 20 years her younger, came into my home and abused me. He raped me, sold me to be abused by others. He stabbed me and burnt me. And it was just a horrible, as you can imagine, just a horrible season in my life. And, and that abuse left its markers, its scars. It stole from me dignity, self-respect. It, it robbed from me my value. It left me insecure and fearful. So we all have a nightmare. And I don't know what other people's nightmares are, but I know everybody carries one in. And I carried that image, that view of myself, 
for a long time. I thought I was junk. I thought I was leftover. I, I knew the Lord, praise God. I got saved at 16 and I knew the Lord, but it's still many years of carrying that view, that perspective uh, was with me and about me. I always felt like the least of, I felt like I owed, had no value when I walked into the room. Why would anybody want to listen to me? So the enemy whispered lies into my ears and tried to identify me by being an abused victim. Uh, for many, many years. So the journey is about a nightmare that we all carry, but forgiveness, forgiveness in that that process of what real forgiveness looks like. Again, I am a Pentecostal with a capital P. I believe in the altar. I believe God can heal and set free and make new, but sometimes our healing comes through the journey. Sometimes our healing comes from step by step, and the altar is the place where we remember that God's with us. David would say, I walk through the valley. Sometimes we walk through valleys to to find that grace and that mercy that God has for us. So that's a quick synopsis. And I say quick because that's kind of like my life story over the last 40 years of what God has done in me. Yeah. So why don't you walk us back to that moment where you came to Christ? You're 16 years old. You're carrying the heaviness of fresh abuse on your heart. How did you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Well, I wish I could tell you it was a hallelujah moment. What happened? I was 16 years old, 15 and a half, 16, and we lived in an apartment complex. And the lifeguard was a young lady, and she invited me to go to church with her. And of course, I said, yes. I mean, there have been more young lady evangelists than we know, right? Amen, brother. So I said, yes. And her and her boyfriend came and picked me up to church. I walked into church and it was the 80s. We all had mullets. It was the rules. We had to have them. Uh, so we walked in there and there was a youth pastor that that let us know about Jesus Christ. And there was people that accepted me and showed compassion, and love. And I never had that feeling in my life. And I remember that was on a Wednesday night. Remember, we used to do youth group on Wednesday nights and Friday nights. And that Saturday morning, that, that following Saturday morning, we were living in an apartment complex and a, and a bunch of cars showed up in our parking lot, honking their horns. And they were yelling down, Mark, Mark, come on down. And my mom, she cussed when she saw the ruckus and what's going on. It was that youth group and that youth pastor. And she, they said, come and hike a mountain, a mountain in our area called Mount Monadnock. Every youth group kind of does it one way or another, but they invited me down. I didn't have the right shoes. I didn't have any money. I didn't have the right coat. I didn't, but these, these pool of cars and kids and youth pastor just took me with them that day. Somebody bought me lunch. Somebody paid for me to get in. And that very day, a young man who I was in this car with, his name was John, said, Mark, do you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? And I asked Christ into my life that day. And Christ became my Lord and Savior. And then the journey began, you know, the journey of kind of recognizing who God is and helping me recognize who I am. And, and that journey began to overcome those, those mountains and valleys in my life. You know, it, it's nearly impossible for me to imagine how low and insecure and hurt and uh, perhaps even distrustful of others you may have been at that point in your life. Um, what was it like for you? Can you recall how important it was in those moments where the horns are honking and people are just loving on you and they've accepted you, they've brought you into a community, uh, they're, they're just, they're just being friendly. Um, how important was that atmosphere of community to beginning your journey of freedom? 
Well, to understand that depth of joy that I felt, you have to understand the depth of rejection that I felt. So it was a contrast, right? As, as high as that acceptance and that gratitude and kindness felt in my life is because I was so empty. I was in that pit of despair. You know, these are words I've learned as an adult. Back then, I couldn't articulate this. Like then, I just knew I was broken. I was lost. I was afraid. And the immature childlike psyche that I built to defend myself uh, in those years was the only thing that I heard, the only thing I understood. Nothing could get in. It was like a light piercing the darkness. It was like beauty piercing ugliness. It was like hope piercing fear. And that's kind of was like that, the contrast that I was so deep in this pit, so alone, so afraid, so scared of my own shadow. And in a moment, it erupted with acceptance. And come to find out years later, I knew it, even though it was manifested through that youth group, that you met that acceptance was God's grace in my life. So what would you say to um, a lifeguard, a, a Christian just in the community, or uh, this, this young man you said that was on the trip with you that asked you to pray the prayer, you know, that, that lifeguard, she's not a pastor, this, this young man over here, he's not a, a, a PhD in theology, you know, um, and, and these honking of the horns and paying for a lunch and, and all these things are just little pieces on the journey. And, and so what would you say to the, to the lay person in the church about their importance in the role of bringing someone to freedom? Well, I heard it said this one time, it takes about a hundred people to lead somebody to the Lord. The first person thinks they've done nothing. And the last person thinks they've done everything. And I believe that's true. We're always letting our light shine. And it's those little moments of buying somebody lunch. It's the little moments of saying you're in my prayers, that little act of kindness that accumulates to be the witness. Now, can it happen instant? Can it happen in a twinkling of an eye? Of course it can. But for me, it was a bunch of little acts because my wall was so big. My, you know, nothing could come at me that, that, that heavy. So it was those little acts of kindness. So collectively, the lifeguard, the young man, the friend, the guy who let me borrow the sweatshirt that day, all of them were witnesses. All of them were sharing either verbally or with acts of Christ's love and mercy. And, you know, there's just no possible way for those people to have understood the depth of pain you were going through at that time in your life. Of course. So of course. how might you encourage uh, someone in the church um, with regards to that? You know, you just never know what someone's going through and how much it might mean to that person just to show something so simple as a lunch or uh, a, a you know, a nice, grateful uh, eye contact and, and kindness. You know, these little things that we think maybe they don't mean much. Well, when somebody's going through what, what you were going through at the time, it meant a lot. It's true. I think that, you know, when, when we think about witnessing or shining our light or being an evangelist or going out, as, as Christ tells us, to be the witness, you know, we think we need a theology degree and have the answers for every complex questions in the depth of people's heart and soul. I think it just happens organically because when we're plugged into Christ, when our roots are deep into the waters and the blessings of Jesus, that's what's going to flow out of us. So, you know, when we put it on, it gets all mickled up and messed up. But when we're just walking in it and we say, look, I, I, I don't have all the answers and I still stumble. I still fall. Sometimes I even doubt. 
but God is even is there. So those little points of the story, those little acts that we do, you know, we never know who's in front of us. We never know what we're dealing with. People put on facades, they put on masks, their words uh, kind of hide who they are. But sometimes the truth pierces that darkness and we go on the journey of forgiving our nightmares. Yeah. So I think that's a perfect segue into this idea of forgiveness. Um, I would like for you to get into the book a little bit and talk about those moments when you first began to realize uh, and get a revelation of those scriptures that indicate uh, to forgive as we have been forgiven. You know, that might be a very difficult pill to swallow in normal circumstances, much less yours. And um, I think it's important for us to kind of understand the liberty that comes from forgiveness and how forgiveness is actually part of God's pathway to our freedom uh, and to kind of step into a new season. So I would love for you to kind of just begin to take us down that that path and uh, talk about those moments when you first began to realize, I'm going to have to forgive these abusers. Well, you know, I, let me just be real genuine with you, Daniel, and your audience, because you know, I knew the word of God the best I could. I, I was studying it. I was in Bible school. And when those passages would come, to be honest, I'd turn the page. It was just too much of a difficult ask. It was too hard to think, Lord, we're not just talking about somebody who cut me off in traffic or somebody who, you know, got mad at me because I did something foolish. But Lord, you're asking me to forgive the one who stole from me everything I was. I used to think to myself, what would it be like if I wasn't abused? What kind of confidence would I walk in? What kind of hope would I carry? And I didn't know it was like a distant memory. So for many years, I turned those pages, just throwing on the grace of God. And then as God, I started to know God, you know, I didn't wake up saying, God, I want to forgive. I knew I had to. I believe it's the default of the Christian. You know how the computer has a default mode? When everything crashes, it goes back to that default mode. I think sometimes as Christians, we have that default mode. And when we get wounded and when somebody offends us, we want to forgive them because Christ has told us to. But I'll be honest with you that sometimes we don't give ourselves the liberty or the permission or the journey or the resources to forgive those. We just say, I forgive. We've never dealt with it, dealt that the genuality of being angry and sad and broken. We just say, I forgive. And that anger still stews under the surface. So what I did, not even knowing I did it, I woke up and said, God, all I want is you. I didn't, that's all I wanted. And it began for me, and I use it this kind of analogy, that God first told me to move the pebble. He taught me how to move a pebble and then a stone and then a rock and then a boulder. And then one day he said, Mark, you're walking with me. Let's go move that mountain. That mountain, that mountain was to forgive my mother, to forgive my abusers. And it was a real honest, organic, and genuine uh, forgiveness. And there was a process. I had counseling. I had coaching. I sat with my pastor. I shook my fist. I was mad at God. How come? Why? But God's grace and mercy brought me through that journey, never rejecting and bringing people on my side. So I say that forgiveness for me equaled freedom. I didn't want to have my abuser who stopped abusing my body when I was 14, but still took up room in my mind, in my soul. I wanted to cut that, if you would, so I could be free from that negativity. And I wanted to be able to forgive because Christ forgave me. 
What I would love for you to uh, talk about for a bit, if you're willing, is uh, how would you or do you respond when the enemy tries to push those buttons of bitterness in your life today? These 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 kinds of things can can our past has a way of rearing its ugly head. You know, Peter, I kind of wonder sometimes if after even after Jesus redeemed him three times, you know, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? I kind of wonder if when he was walking down the road and heard a rooster crow, if the enemy would push his buttons, you know. And so uh, I'm just kind of curious, do you ever have those rooster crow moments and how do you deal with it? Oh, of course, of course. And I'm going to be real genuine. We're going to get into a little bit of the meat, not just the milk. So this is kind of deep stuff. You know, you, you, this is not just something I woke up doing. This is a life of accumulation of, of walking with Christ. You know, I used to think when God takes this, my past away, then I'll be ready to go forward. When God takes the hurt, the shame, the pain, the sorrow, when that's all gone, when I don't think about it anymore, when I don't feel it anymore, when I, when I don't even have the concept of that past, when that's gone, then I'll be ready to move forward. To be honest, that's never gone. Mm. Uh, it's still there. I could still feel it, taste it, and hear it. What happened in my life is God became bigger. So that mountain of abuse, that mountain of pain, that mountain of insecurity and fear and sorrow, it's still there. The enemy's still tapping on my shoulder going, that's what you are. But what happened is that even though that lie still screams to me, God's voice it says in says in Revelation is like a roaring waterfall, right? And that voice is louder than the lie of the enemy or the hurts of my past. So does then do I wake up and God, you know, the enemy says, Mark, you're junk, and who are you fooling? And how can an idiot like you you write a book? And you know, but I say, God said, if I where I am weak, he is strong. So his word and his spirit and his love became bigger than the mountain of fear. So if you could picture it like this, there's a mountain of sorrow and despair, big mountain, but the mountain of God casts over, shadows over all of that. Brother, as you're speaking there, it's just very difficult for me not to become overwhelmed with the presence of God. And um, I just think we ought to pray. I, I you know, sometimes in my podcast, I kind of switch gears from uh, podcast host to pastor. And I just feel the presence of God so strongly to pray for uh, somebody out there who may be just dealing with these very same issues. And uh, the Lord is just giving me a, a picture in my mind of tears coming down the cheeks of somebody who's listening to your story. And, and uh, your story is setting them at liberty and giving them revelation. Uh, Pastor Mark, please take us to prayer for a minute here and, and just ask God to just touch these folks as they're listening. Father God, we come to you and we know you can pierce the darkness, Lord. Names that I don't know, situations I'm not aware of, but Father, you know every hair on everybody's head that's listening today. You know the beat of their heart, Lord, and you have set the captive free. Yes, so Lord, Jesus. I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that Father, the healing balm of Gilead will touch the broken, Lord God, that you mm. will continue to be the lifter of their head and the lie that the enemy is trying to speak, that you're broken, that you're empty, that you're left over, Lord God, you are setting them free, Lord God. And Father, they can hear the voice of the Lord that says you're more than a conqueror, that you've been made new and fresh, 
that there's no condemnation there for who's in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray today that those that are, are being touched by your message, Lord, this is not my testimony. This is the testimony of what you've done through me, God, and you're no respecter of persons. So, Lord, I don't know where these, these words will go, but I know, Lord, your word will not come back void. So deliver, set free those today that are listening to your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. You know, there's a, there's a, a, a mental picture, if you will, that kind of comes to my mind uh, when I think about these types of testimonies. And it has to do with the, uh, the story and the account of David and Goliath. And, you know, Goliath got dressed that day. I try to put myself in that moment and, and try to imagine him going to uh, almost like the bat cave where he's got uh, you know, breastplates to choose from and helmets to choose from and spears to choose from. And he's getting armored up. He's going out there. He's going to go taunt the, the, the children of Israel. And, you know, I doubt when he strapped on that sword that he was thinking to himself, I'm going to lose my head today. And, um, the sword that the enemy intended to kill David with, Yes, became the sword that David preferred to use in battle. Mm -hmm. It became his favorite sword. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it became an altar almost every time he saw the sword, it just kind of brought him back to center. Yeah. It, it, uh, you know, and he would use it in battle and uh, it took the enemy's head off. It took the giant's head off that day. And when I hear stories like forgiving the nightmare, I think about, the enemy tried to take you out, Mark, Ooh. you know, and he strapped on the sword of abuse and rape and just lies and verbal abuse and physical abuse and beatings and all these things that you went through. It's just truly a nightmare is almost not even uh, an adequate word. Um, and so many people who go through these things go through their entire life and they will never fight back. Um, but you chose to take the sword that the enemy intended to kill you with, Ooh, and God. you are now taking it to the enemy and you're taking him out, man. You're it's your, it's your fate. Your testimony is your sword. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you're, and you're, and and you're fighting back. And, um, and, and I know that God is giving you doors to get on major networks, to share your story. And it's going to really be heard by millions of people and set at liberty countless people. And um, I would really just love for you to wind our conversation down and talk specifically to the person who may be going through an abusive situation. What would you say to them? They are currently in the thick of their fight. What might be a step one or a step two for them right now to begin their journey of freedom? Well, that's a that's a two part answer for me. First of all, I'll say there's a lot of advocacy groups, support churches, pastors, organizations that are there to help you. They come by different names, they go by different concepts, but there are people there to support you coming out of that child abuse, that marriage abuse, whatever abuse you were in. Reach out to those and and let people know there are there is resources there uh, for people to find hope and deliverance. Uh, so that's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is that 
for the person that's battling in their mind. It's a journey. We kind of see where we want to go. We kind of see that I want this to end. I want to be free. I want to be new. But we have to give ourselves time and grace to go through the journey. My biblical picture of it is Jacob when he's wrestling with the angel. You know, Jacob is wrestling all night and he won't let go. And then the angel finally says to him, what's your name? And he says, Jacob. And as you and I know, Jacob means deceiver. And he's wrestling and the angel says to him, well, now you have a new name. It's Israel. And the NIV says it's because we wrestled with God and man and we overcame. And I think like Jacob, he be, he started as deceiver. But the end of that wrestling match with God himself, with the past, with all those things, he became an overcomer. And I think sometimes in our journey of forgiving our nightmare, and let me say that, it's a journey. There's sometimes two steps forward and one step back, and some days are harder than others, and other days we just want to stick our head in the stand. Give yourself some grace. I know we want it like that, and we go to the altar, and we say, oh, God, I'm here again. And then we get tired and say, I can't just keep going back and going back. You can go back because God always wants us to tear down those walls and build up an altar. So again, like Jacob, we can become overcomers. When we have a past of hurt, pain, that the enemies tried to identify us with a name of brokenness and sorrow and victim. So give yourself that journey. Find some friends, find some support and constantly go into the Lord. Read his word. And have him, but I know when you're in the midst of it, this sounds like a story that's so far away. But I'll tell you, God does this precept by precept, step by step. Yeah. And, you know, the first step that kind of comes to my mind in, in just a moment, Pastor, I'm going to have you lead us in what we come to call the sinner's prayer. Um, it might be a first time somebody ever heard that there's hope in Christ. You know, there might be somebody out there listening, watching. Uh, that they're like, well, how do I even start this journey with sure. God? And um, listen, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all figured out right now, but just real simple here. Jesus loves you and he knows what it feels like to be abused. He knows yes. what he knows what it's like to be mistreated and exposed and abandoned and to have everybody that should have been there for him to run away in his moment of need. And, uh, the Bible said that Jesus went through all things yet right. without sin. And so he became a curse for us. He became, he entered into this cursed flesh. He entered into this flesh, like a human being and lived our life and, and walked in our, in our world and experienced all those things. And friend, you do not have a God up there somewhere that can't empathize with you. He knows what these things feel like. And, mm. And he also overcame because of God. And um, so I just want you to know the Bible said something real simple. He said, anybody who calls on the name of the Lord, that's Jesus Christ, will be saved. And that's the first step. That's the first step to beginning your freedom is to become identified with. I love what you said, Pastor Mark, the mountain of God became greater and bigger and larger than the mountain of my abuse. The voice of God became louder yes. than the voices of the past. And so, Pastor Mark, would you just lead someone in that prayer and help them to just take that step of inviting Christ into their lives? I'd be honored to. And we call it the sinner's prayer, but we know it's deliverance prayer that we get delivered from our past, our hurts. And it's the first step in a lot of ways as we begin to trust the Lord. So we're going to pray. 
And Lord, we come to you today, and I pray that anyone who's listening to us today and, and this testimony and this encouragement has struck a chord, a nerve, has brought them back to a place, Lord God, and they and they say, what do I do now? How do I get that, Lord? It always begins and ends in the Alpha and the Omega. So, Lord, we come and we pray today for those that are listening, and I pray that those that don't know Jesus Christ, or maybe, Lord, their walk has gotten cold, or maybe they've stumbled on the path, Lord God. Father, maybe there's too many walls and not enough altars, that, Father, we will come back to you. And, Father, we'll say this prayer together. We'll say, Lord Jesus, come into our lives and forgive us for our sins because you love us. And Father God, we come to you and we thank you for your son. And we ask you, Jesus, to become our Lord and Savior. We repent of those things that has so easily snared us, Lord. So I pray today, today, I pray today, Lord, that those that are listening will say this, Lord, I receive you, I accept you, and I confess you today to, as Lord and as Savior in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, would you message us, uh, type it in the chat, or send us an email? Uh, let us know, and we want to continue to pray for you and uphold you and hopefully help you find a great local church that's near you. Uh, that can help you to take those next steps towards freedom. Pastor Mark, this has been a real privilege and a joy to hear more of your story and to bring a few more people into awareness of this great book. Where can they get it? Well, you can find us at our website at forgivingthenightmare.com. We're also on Amazon. You can buy the book there. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're on all that at Forgiving the Nightmare. So we'd love to connect with you. But probably the best way to find out more about me, my story, see a couple of videos, is go to forgivingthenightmare.com and uh, you'll see more about us. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I can't wait to hear uh, about all the stories that are about to come your way as a result of people gaining liberty in Jesus Christ as a result of your testimony. Brother, thank you so much for your time. This has been rich. It's been awesome. It's been a pleasure getting to know you more. And I look forward to doing this again. I look forward to talking to you, brother. God bless you. Thanks for, for doing this and encouraging not only your own church, but the body of Christ. So thank you, Pastor, for your heart, for, for what God is doing and being faithful to this podcast and to the people and to your call of the Lord. So it's been a wicked awesome. Wicked awesome. I love it. You might be my first guest to ever use that term on the podcast. So thank you for introducing us or reintroducing us to that term. Love it, man. Hey, listen, thanks again. God bless you, and we will see you soon. God bless.